All right, now I know some of you are like, all right, you got that part done, are you going to preach for 35 minutes? No, okay? So I shortened the rest of this up, uh, so don't have to worry about that. But I do have a question as we get started, and my question is, how many of you have ever watched a Hallmark Christmas movie? How many of you are afraid to raise your hand to tell everybody that you've watched a Hallmark Christmas movie? Yeah. I have never watched one episode of Big Bang Theory, nor have I ever watched one Hallmark Christmas movie. And I... I plan on keeping that streak intact till the day I die, okay? I have theories about the Big Bang Theory, but that's another story. Um, but, uh, but I did a little research this week because, you know, I've never watched these movies. I promise you I've never watched these movies. And so I, I want to make sure that I knew a little bit about them. And do you know they've been around for over 20 years? Like, over, see, some of you watch it. So over 20 years, they have been putting these movies out. And if you watch these movies, you're probably going to see a lot of the same actors and actresses because... You know, one time they did really well, and they're like, hey, I need some money. And so uh, now they're working in the Hallmark, Hallmark field, and they're getting paid. And a lot of these actors and actresses are, are doing the, the same films, uh, or doing these Hallmark films every single year. But, but as I was running through this, I came across maybe some of their top movies. And, and maybe, again, some of you, you've seen these. Here's one of them uh, on the 12th date of Christmas. Yeah, some of you remember that one. Uh, we got this next one here, Love Lights Hanukkah. Anybody remember that one? That was a big, big hit. But probably my favorite one, I'm sure this is an all-time favorite here, uh, Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. Is that anybody's, <laughs> anybody remember that one? You remember watching that one? That seems really strange to me. But I've never seen any of these movies, but I bet you I can tell you the plot of every single one of them, okay? <laughs> Beautiful scenic town. Usually, or it is in Christmas time, uh, there's snow on the ground or snow falling. I did a little research, and they're like, hey, they got to make sure there's snow there. And so there's snow on the ground, snow's falling. Everybody in this town loves each other. They're walking down the streets, and they're so kind and compassionate, and they're hugging people. How's your family? How are you doing? I mean, it's kind of like walking down the streets of D.C. at any time of the year, right? <laughs> I guess it's not. But anyway, um, so you, you, you've got this, like, this warm feeling. And then in this town, you've got this single widowed lady and um, she probably has this little business uh, and people love her she's kind she's compassionate her business is struggling because she's so kind and compassionate giving them all this free stuff and then everybody's trying to fix her up right everybody's trying to fix her up with their brother or their their cousin or their family friend or, or their family member and and so she's gone on some of these dates and some of them have been okay but most of them have been terrible and there's been this one boyfriend that there's really some problems with and her name's probably Madison right and then Chase, because Chase is the dude's name, moves back into town. Chase used to live in town. Uh, he was just an absolutely terrible person, terrible kid, probably nerdy. People stayed away from him. And uh, he goes off to college and, and goes into the big city. He becomes an investment banker, making all this money. But he hates the rat race. He wants to move back to town. And so he moves back to town. He becomes a carpenter, okay? <laughs> and it's true. And because Hallmark used to be a religious channel, do you know that? Yep, so he's got to be a carpenter. So he becomes a carpenter. He learns the skills. He goes to her house one day because she's got this, you know, this board on her porch that's broken. He fixes it. They start talking. They throw snowballs at each other, have hot chocolate. <laughs> then her ex-boyfriend shows up, and there's tension there. It's kind of messy. See, I haven't watched it, but I know exactly what these movies are all about. And so there's 80 minutes of, like, this, all this stuff that's happening, tension, craziness. In the last 10 minutes, everything is fixed, and they live happily ever after, right? <laughs> I, I seriously have never watched one of those movies in my entire life. But why is it you watch them, right? 
Why do millions and millions of people watch these movies over and over and over again? Well, Hallmark found a formula that works. And the formula is that in our lives, as crazy as they are, and everything that's happened, the struggles and pains that we have, even some of the darkness that's there, we're looking for something, right? We're searching for something. We want to have hope. Like that hope that there's something good that's going to come out of it. And that's why we watch Hallmark movies over and over again. Even terrible ones called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater, which still, I can't believe they titled it that. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series of hope. We're going to talk about the power of hope. And as we begin today, we're actually going to go back to the Old, te- excuse me, the Old Testament. We're going to look at a prophecy from this guy named Isaiah. And at this particular time, we have this king, his name is Ahaz, and uh, the enemy is at the gate. The enemy is getting ready to come in, and Ahaz has this brilliant idea. Here's what I, I'm going to do. I am going to build this alliance with the Assyrians, and everything's going to be great. Well, God sends Isaiah to Ahaz and is like, no, <laughs> that's not what God wants you to do. God doesn't want you to build an alliance. What God wants you to do, God wants you to put your trust in him and if you put your trust in him god will take care of you god will protect you you're going to be fine but ahaz he just can't get past that he doesn't want to trust god and so isaiah comes to him and he says let me tell you how god is going to give you the sign that will help you know that you can trust god isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says this all right then the lord himself will give you the sign Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When these prophecies happen, they actually have a couple of fulfillments that take place. One is this immediate fulfillment that something's going to happen soon to fulfill that prophecy. And and we actually read about this in Isaiah chapter 8. So if you look in Isaiah chapter 8, you see the son is born. But there's also this ultimate fulfillment that there's something bigger and even better is coming. It's almost like Isaiah is given an Easter egg. Um, Pixar movies are great about giving you Easter eggs. They will put a character in one of their movies that you'll see and you won't realize it, but later on the movie will come out where they may be the main character or one of the main characters in this movie to come. Those are Easter eggs. Uh, For instance, in Monsters, Inc., Uh, What fish do we find in Boo's bedroom? We find Nemo. Guess what movie comes on after that? Uh, A few years later, we have Finding Nemo, right? And so they put these Easter eggs all throughout their movies, and that's what we see here with Isaiah. This is sort of this, this Easter egg. Like this child will be born, and this will be the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy. And here's what this child will do. This child is going to bring light into the darkness move on down to chapter 9 of isaiah verse 2 says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness a light will shine now here we are 700 years before jesus is born this is about 732 bc when this has taken place but but there were dark times Like, life was a struggle. The kingdom of Israel had actually split into two different kingdoms. Uh, uh, There was oppression of the poor. There was injustice that was happening. War is on the doorstep. And so these are very, very dark times for the Jewish people. And so they're wondering, like, what's the deal with God? Like, where is God in this? Is, is Is God for us or is God punishing us? And so here's Isaiah jumps in like, hey, I know it's a dark time. I know it's a hard time. 
But I want to let you know that a light is coming. And this light will bring light. It will shine in the darkness. One of the things I love about Christmas season are Christmas lights. Let's say you're out walking in your neighborhood at 4 p.m. because you know it's pitch dark at 4 p.m. these days. And by 5, you're ready to go to bed. But you're out walking in your neighborhood and um, all these places that used to be dark, so, so many of them are like the surface of the sun now, right? Because the lights that are outside, I mean, now in your streets where there was darkness, now you have Christmas lights. Well, Isaiah is saying, hey, in this place where there is darkness, this light is coming. This light will shine. Well, what is that light? Look at verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. It means this gift is coming. The son is coming, and it's a gift to us, not just for the Jewish people, but for you and for me. Next part says the government will rest on his shoulders. I mean, this is going to be a qualified, perfect leader. Then look at the rest of verse 6. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Here's Isaiah who is saying this is what will be. This is what is coming. Yes, there is darkness. Yes, things are tough. Yes, the enemy is lurking. But there will be a child that will be born that will be this perfect ruler. There will be a child that will be born that will bring peace. And that peace will never end. See, what is this prophecy all about? This is a prophecy of hope. That there's hope. That I know what you're going through right now is tough, but there's hope. There's hope for you through trusting God. There's hope now, but there's even this ultimate hope that's coming in the future. This light for the darkness. But as we see this passage here, we read that Isaiah gives this hope names, titles. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and in those days after this prophecy, the Jewish parents, they would teach their kids these names and they would remind them, hey, a Savior is coming, a Messiah is coming, a ruler is coming who's going who's to bring light into the darkness. Same kind of hope many of us are looking for in our own lives, that in our darkness, we want to be able to see that light too. And so I want to take those four names and just spend the rest of our time looking at these four names that, that Isaiah talks about here and how they connect with us. The first one is Wonderful Counselor. Um, I talk about counseling a lot here at The Journey. I've been accused of talking about it too much, and um, that's because there's definitely a mental health crisis in our world. And I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person to tell you, like, hey, I go to counseling every other week. I went to counseling this past week. It was wonderful. It was great. Um, and, uh, and my family's been through it. Many of you have been through it, and many of you have come to me like, hey, counseling's changed us. And I'm kind of the person, I want to be like Oprah Winfrey. Like, hey, you get a counselor, and you get a counselor, and you get a counselor. Hey, all of you get a counselor, right? That's, that's what I want to be able to say because I, I believe in counseling. And I believe in it because I think there's this earthly peace to us that, that needs help, right? 
And, and to have an advisor, someone that can walk alongside of us, someone who is not related to us or a best friend, who can, who can give us wisdom and advice as we, we kind of maneuver through the things that we're facing in our life. Maybe the dark times in the past or, or the struggles that we're having right now, whatever may be happening in the future. There's, there's something about having sort of that earthly counseling. But then there's that spiritual piece, too. That we don't just need medical professional counseling to help us. We need that connection with Jesus. Now, how do we get that? Well, that comes through the Holy Spirit. We did a whole series on the Holy Spirit back in October called It, and you can go back and listen to that. But, but I was talking about how this Holy Spirit that is given to us as a gift as we follow Jesus, that is something that is there to help us, to lead us, to guide us in our own lives, to give us wisdom, to advise us. And so this is that wonderful counselor that we read here in Isaiah. A wonderful counselor that helps bring hope into our world. To know that we have something, someone we can trust and put our faith in through whatever we may face, through those dark times in our lives. And so there's hope through this wonderful counselor. But then there's also hope through a mighty God. I want you to think for a second about Jesus, right? Jesus being born. Eight pounds, six ounce, little baby Jesus, right? Wrapped in cloth, you know, lying in a manger. And then I kind of imagine Mary and Joseph taking him all these different places. And, and, and just like every other kid, uh, the Pasminos are here today. They've got their, their baby girl is here today. So you can do this to her. But don't touch her because, you know, we don't want to give germs. But, um, but can you just kind of imagine, you know, their, their kid. But here's Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is laying there. And everybody's like, ooh, and an eye and over Jesus. And they're pinching his cheeks, and they're tickling him, you know, on the side. But my image is Jesus laying there like, what are you doing? Like, don't you know who I am? I got work to do. Can you guys just leave me alone? Stop tickling me. I don't like to be tickled, right? That's kind of this image I have of Jesus as, as a baby. But, but that's what kind of blows my mind is here we have this, this mighty God that starts out as a small child. And this small child grows up. At the age of 30, starts this ministry. And in this ministry, goes around teaching people all these incredible teachings to the point of it's transforming lives. And more and more people are following who Jesus is. And, and then you got these amazing miracles that are happening over and over and over again. And people are like, hey, that guy used to never be able to walk, but now he can walk. And, and that person over there, they couldn't see. They haven't been able to see their whole life, and now they can see. And that dude was dead because we smelt him. And Jesus raised him back to life. I mean, they're scratching their heads trying to piece together all of these miracles that this, this Jesus is doing. And one day he's crucified, but three days later he's brought back to life. Who's able to do that? A mighty God is able to do that. A mighty God is able to do the impossible. And maybe for many of us, we've got to experience this mighty God. We've had those broken relationships, and they have been reconciled. We, we, we can't figure it out. The only way that we can figure it out is that a mighty God has, has had his hand in it. Or there's been a prayer for healing, and you prayed that prayer over and over again. That prayer was answered, and you know that prayer was answered only because of a mighty God. Or maybe you found joy in the midst of a difficult season. Hey, look, the only way you find joy when things are tough is because of a mighty God. 
And maybe for some of us here, our backs are against the wall, or you have a specific need, or you're looking for some, some help or, or forgiveness through sin that you've experienced or you continue to experience, or you're looking for reconciliation or healing. Let me let you know a mighty God can do the impossible. And so for us, when we think about hope, man, I want to put my hope in a mighty, mighty God. Isaiah then talks about this everlasting Father. I think this is a difficult one for us because um, too often what we do is we equate our earthly Father with our heavenly Father. And, and maybe for some of us, we had great relationships with our, our dads. And let's just let's be honest again here that the, the dads, you, you got a huge influence on your kids, right? Um, and all of us here, our dads influenced us in some ways. Hopefully it was healthy, but some of us, man, we really struggled with, with our dad. He was emotionally distant. He was abusive. Uh, he was absent. He was angry. He had control issues. And so here's what we've done. We've said, well, if my earthly dad was this way, then my, my heavenly father must be the same. But they're very, very different. See, this everlasting father never leaves you. This everlasting father never forsakes you, never disappoints you, never rejects you. This father, this everlasting father is full of unconditional love. John 3, 16, for God so unconditionally loved. That's the word there. Unconditionally loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Now think about that. That's what a father is all about. That is what a father does. A father unconditionally loves his children. And for you and I, that's what we should find our hope in. We find our hope in Jesus because of God's unconditional love for you and me. And because of that, God sent Jesus to this earth for us. And we can find hope in an everlasting father. But then the last term here is prince of peace. I'm guessing a few of us are looking for peace this time of year. Uh, maybe you're looking for peace from your pace of life. Man, we do not stop. Can you believe it's already December? Like, where did November go? I mean, it flew past, but that's because of the pace of life that we live. We, we've got work going on, and we've got meetings that are happening, and we're, we're traveling, and we got work travel, and you got emails, and you got phone calls, and you got projects that you're working on. And, and then maybe if you got kids, you got kids' activities and events, or, or maybe you're in the dating world, and you're, you're just gone all the time, and it's just this pace of life. We're just running, running, running. And then it's Christmas season, which means Christmas parties and Christmas events, and we just add on to that we kind of feel this pressure and, and we see it on the outside but man it's it's deep inside of us too right we're struggling inside because of this pace of life maybe we need peace in this pace of life or maybe we need peace from our past uh, that there are decisions that we made regrets that we have experiences that we've been a part of and they are still stuck deep inside of us and they're affecting who we are on the inside but they're also affecting relationships that we have with other people and and so there's this tension that's there and we just want this peace from our past or maybe it's peace from our present circumstances like we're dealing with a broken relationship we have 
finances that are failing and we're trying to figure out how to move forward from that. Maybe there's physical health issues we have or, or mental health issues that we're struggling with and we just want this peace. Like we live these lives that are full of chaos and uncertainty and worry and fear. And if that's you, it's a good indication that you need a Prince of Peace. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus brings us hope in the chaos of our life by bringing us peace. As Isaiah is sharing this prophecy with the Jewish people, he's saying, I know you live in fear. I know you're full of anxiety. I, I know that, that you worry, but let me, let me give you some hope. There's a ruler who's coming who will, who will lead you and guide you. There's a ruler who's coming that's going to be able to do the impossible for you. There's a ruler who's, who's coming who, who's going to love you unconditionally. There's a ruler who's coming who's going to bring peace in the chaos that you're experiencing in your life. There's a ruler who's coming who will bring light into the darkness. And that ruler came. Jesus was born, and in Matthew 21, we read these words. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 700-plus years later, this prophecy comes true. This, this light shines in the darkness with the birth of of Jesus, but that prophecy wasn't just for the Jewish people. It's for you and it's for me. It's for us in the life that we live right now. And at Christmas time, that's what we hold on to. Like we hold on to that hope, this hope that only comes through Jesus. This hope that only comes as this light into our darkness, that no matter what we have faced this year, no matter what we may be facing now, no matter what we may be facing in the future, like there is hope, there is light in the darkness. And at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of that light.